Whether you're a polyamateur or polyambitious, polyambiguous or polyam, I really hold your head high. Let your freaky flag fly, cause your polyamory should be uncensored. Hi there, and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where we, your hosts, Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams, interview a poly person each episode, and we try to answer the five points of journalism. Who, what, when, where, and why, as it pertains to our poly lives. Welcome to episode 78, where we talk with Krista about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the just plain complicated truths about our poly lives. So hi, Krista. Um, Who are you? Hi, uh, thanks for having me. So um, I am a queer polyam writer um, living in the Bay Area currently. I've been here um, for the last 13 years, have have been poly for um, almost two and a half. Um, And yeah, I've just been kind of exploring that life with my my husband who's um my high school sweetheart we we've been together since we were 16 17 years old and um almost almost 3 years ago decided to open up our our relationship and have kind of been on this wild and crazy journey for the the last few years and have sort of ended up in this magical place with with a polycule so um we we're very very excited and content with with where we're at in our our life right now <laughs> awesome you you said a little bit about how you identify- Identify, but is there anything else besides queer that you would like to say about how you identify? Um, yeah, I've sort of been exploring my gender identity for the last several months. You know, I think with the pandemic, it's made a lot of people just kind of really um, reflective on on lots of things in their lives, uh, gender identity included. And so, um, you know, lately I've I've sort of been toying around with um, with taking on a new gender identity. I, I sort of fit into a demigirl um, identity at the moment, and and so that was something that was actually the the term itself was was brought to me by my brother. Um, it's kind of funny because he and I came out to each other as bisexual at the same time, um, and and we were a lot younger back then. Um, my brother is four years younger than me. And, um, when he was a teenager had, had texted me one day and was like, Krista, I think I'm bi. And I was like, yeah, cool. Me too. He was like, no, I'm serious. I'm like, yeah, no, no, me too. And, and so kind of the same thing happened, um, a few months ago where he's like, so I've kind of been thinking about my gender identity and I've kind of found this, this new term that, um, that seems to fit me. And so he, he had sent me like this article on like the, um, demi boy identity. And, and I like, hadn't heard that term before, but um, was reading up more about it and and um, and was like, oh yeah, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot too, and now I finally have a name for for what what I feel like I am. So it's it's been interesting, I think, particularly exploring within polyamory where I've gotten to explore my queerness, which has been more than just my sexuality. Gender identity has definitely fit, fit into that. And I, and I think having relationships with so many different people and, and different genders has really kind of opened my mind to, you know, what, whatever is possible. And, and so that has been something that's been kind of exciting to, to explore as well. And in addition to everything else for, for the last few years. 
for any of our uh, listeners who may not be familiar with Demi Boy or Demi Girl, would you say a little bit about what that means or at least what that means to you? Yeah, I'll say what it means to me because, um, you know, I'm I'm still kind of learning about it myself. So forgive me if I'm not giving a, a um, you know, textbook definition of it. But I guess what it means to me is, you know, I was identified female at birth, but I don't strongly identify as a woman to the point where, you know, that feels like a core part of my identity. Um, I, my pronouns are she, they, um, I kind of, you know, go by either. And it's just something that, like, like I said, being, being called a woman is not at the forefront of how I think about myself. Um, and I think a lot of that has had to do with the different relationship dynamics that I've had and, and just getting to explore with other people. I, I embrace my femininity, but it is not something that is a crucial part of who I feel that I am. Thank you. And uh, what does polyamory mean to you? Oh man, polyamory means so many different things to me. Um, Really, it is just, I think at the crux, a way for me to organically explore relationships in whatever form that they might take. You know, as I mentioned before, I've been with my husband since I was 16 years old and we were in a mostly monogamous relationship for um, the bulk of our, our relationship. And we had always sort of fantasized about an open relationship in some kind and didn't really know how to go about it. We had had a couple of threesomes early on in our relationship that we sort of fumbled through because we didn't know how to communicate. We didn't know how to communicate with the third person that we were with to the extent that like they were just kind of these one-off situations that um, we didn't really know how to navigate the like afterwards. And like, how do you talk to somebody that um, that you've had this experience with and, and want to maintain that? So we sort of fumbled through these, these early experiences and, and I've known that I was queer since I, uh, since I was a teenager. Um, my husband was actually the first person that I came out to fully. And so you know, it was something that we had wanted to incorporate into our relationship in some form, um, but didn't really know how. We both grew up in Arizona and so came from open-minded families, but just in that part of the country, it's, um, you know, non-monogamy is, is not a very common thing out there. And so we didn't have any models or, or people in our lives that, that, you know, embrace non-monogamy in any kind of way that, that we could learn from. Um, so we, we sort of just had this ethereal idea of a, an open relationship for a lot of our, our 20s. And so when we finally decided to dedicate the time to open up our relationship, it was like, oh, this is the thing we've been looking for. Like we've always wanted deep connections with with other people. We've we've wanted, you know, strong friendships that were intimate in in some kind of way. And so for us, like finding polyamory was just like, oh, this is the thing that we've been looking for all along. We just didn't have the words for it. We didn't know how to really describe that to one another, have the language to to be able to talk about it. But it just has meant, you know, being able to explore all different kinds of relationships to the extent that we and those other people, you know, uh, allow ourselves to and not putting any constraints on on what that means because just because my husband and I are in a 
primary relationship with each other. So I kind of feel like you have said a little bit about what drew you to polyamory in that answer. Also, what, if anything, do you find difficult about polyamory? That's a really good question. I think, and particularly now uh, during the pandemic, you know, being poly has, has had its struggles. Um, at the, at the beginning of the pandemic, we stopped seeing everybody. We had a pretty large polycule at the time. Um, but my husband works in healthcare and, uh, he was still going to work. He wasn't working directly in the hospitals, but was still, you know, seeing a lot of people for work on a regular basis. And, and at that stage of the pandemic, we just, we didn't know, you know, what the, the risks were. And so we just kind of shut everything down. And, and I think being cut off from, for us, our main source of not just emotional support, but social support, um, that was a big challenge for us. Um, you know, for us, our, our poly lives and our social lives overlap quite a bit. And so, you know, just going from, from 60 to zero in, in a short amount of time was, was really difficult. And, and I think one of the things that we're, we're sort of struggling with now is, is just everybody is sort of trying to find their footing right now. We've started dating again. Uh, you know, we've, we've had a core group of partners that have seen us through the pandemic and they've been really crucial for, for us, but we have been curious to kind of get back out there and, and just sort of keep exploring. But I think one of the biggest challenges right now is just everybody has gone through this collective global trauma and we're still processing that and trying to figure out, you know, what we want out of it. And I think a lot of people have been doing a lot of thinking and soul searching, but also are just feeling very hesitant about, you know, jumping, jumping back out there, myself included. And, and so um, it's, you know, navigating the dating apps and, and just trying to, um, you know, get back to some kind of normalcy, get back to in the swing of what we were doing before um, has has been a big challenge, both from our perspective. And I think from the perspective of people that we talk to, just there, there are still so many unknowns and and still uh, a lot of things to, to work through, I think, before people are going to feel really comfortable and excited about getting back out there again. And uh, when did you know you were poly? It's a good question. I can't really pinpoint a moment, but there was definitely this progression when Brennan and I opened our relationship. We kind of, I mean, like most people, we didn't know what we were doing. And so we sort of started in more of the swinger scene and um, had a few experiences with, with couples kind of in that space and had some fun, but found ourselves really lacking the emotional connection that we wanted to. And so we had kind of sat down at one point and, and we're like, are we, are we thinking about more of a polyamorous relationship? Like, what are we kind of looking for here? And, and so decided that, yeah, we did want to really focus on not just having outside sexual experiences with other people, but we really wanted to, to build deep, deep emotional bonds. And so we, <laughs> I think we started calling ourselves poly before, like I, fully felt comfortable inhabiting that identity um, just because I think it was easier to find people that way. Like, like it was easier to say, well, we're not swingers, but we're poly. And, and so that at least helped us kind of find our, our crowd um, or the people that we, you know, were more interested in dating, but it took me a long time to fully feel comfortable with that 
with calling myself Polly, just because I was still working through a lot of, um, you know, monogamous programming from growing up. Um, you know, my parents were married and then they got divorced when I was a teenager. And like I said before, I didn't have any examples of non-monogamy that I could like look to and turn to and say, oh, okay, here's how this works. And so for me, it was just having to undo all of these kind of deep-seated learnings about what our relationship was and and what we meant to each other and and trying to figure out okay well for sleeping with other people if we're like having these deep emotional bonds with other people like what does that mean for our marriage and and so it wasn't until probably i would say a good 7 or 8 months into when we had opened up our relationship and and had really had some good experiences with um, people who were more poly that that I felt comfortable saying, yes, I am also poly. And like, this is this is feels like a core part of my identity now. When, if ever, did you feel different from other people? I think I've always felt different from other people to some extent. And and, you know, not that I was the kind of person who was a rebel from a really young age, but, um, you know, I think that I felt different from other people in the sense that my husband and I met when we were 16 and, you know, high school sweethearts are not very common. And just, I think going through the rest of high school and, and then through college, people were out kind of experimenting and exploring. And like, I couldn't really relate to a lot of my friends in that way, just because, you know, we had established a serious relationship, moved in together right after high school. And, and so we were always kind of different in that sense. Um, and then, you know, there were other things about our, our relationship that were sort of not normal. We, we started riding motorcycles together um, when we were in our early 20s. And that was another thing where it was kind of like, you know, I would show up to class with my helmet in my hand and wearing like my, my leather jacket. And I kind of liked the attention that I was getting from that. It's like, oh, here's this, you know, small five foot two person that nobody would expect to, to be doing that kind of thing. I, I, I sort of liked the, um, the rebellious nature of it. And, and so, um, it was kind of at that point where, where I was like, okay, I kind of like going against the norm. Like I, I, I kind of enjoy going against the grain. And, and so that just sort of continued throughout, throughout our twenties. Um, when we were in our mid twenties, we discovered psychedelics and then that really, set us off on this path of like, okay, like we definitely don't see ourselves kind of fitting the typical mold in, um, in modern society. And there, there just have been so many things about our relationship that have been non-normative that we just kind of continue building off of that as we go. Like when we got married, I, there was no official proposal, but I was the one who suggested to him like, Hey, we've been together for 10 years now. Maybe it's time that we like got married and we didn't have a big wedding. We eloped on a beach. So, you know, there've just been a lot of things about our relationship. So I guess, you know, starting with, with us dating at, at such a young age and, and kind of developing that, that really close bond, we've gotten to experience a lot of really great and interesting things together that have been outside the norm. Nice. So where are you on your poly journey? 
where am I? Where is anybody on their poly journey? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So currently we are, like I said, we're living in San Francisco. So we're kind of, you know, in a really great place for, for non-monogamy. There is a big community out here for sure. So we've, we've gotten lucky in that sense. And in that, um, you know, when we did decide to open up our relationship, we were able to really date around and gain a lot of experience um, pretty quickly. So we opened up at the beginning of 2019, um, had a solid year where we were just kind of out and exploring and and kind of doing our thing and had sort of built up this community around us. And then the pandemic happened. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, a lot of the relationships that we had formed pre-pandemic sort of fractured and and melted away just because everybody was kind of going through a lot. We went through kind of our first major poly breakup during that time. And so for the last um, eight months or so, we've had this core group um, made up of us and two other couples. And so that's, that's our polycule. And so we have been each other's like source of support, um, through, throughout the, the last, you know, eight to 10 months or so. Um, we've gone on vacations together and, um, have really built these deep emotional bonds that, that we've been looking for this, this whole time. Um, this summer things got, even more serious. We've exchanged I love you's with like everybody that that we're seeing. So, you know, it's it went from being on the more casual side to being like super serious. Like these are people that, you know, support us in every aspect of our of our lives. So that is kind of our our main poly life right now. And then as I mentioned before, we're sort of getting back out there and starting to date again. Just um, you know, to kind of mix things up and and you know we like I, I said before our our social lives and our poly lives are, are kind of overlapping and and so we just we really enjoyed meeting new people mostly to hear their stories you know it's really interesting to see all the different ways that people get into polyamory and non-monogamy. And one of our our favorite things is not only getting to tell our story um, because we we like it a lot, but also getting to hear other people's stories and getting to hear how other people found themselves in, in this place. Because, you know, I feel like most people that are monogamous find themselves in monogamy because it's the default um, rather than it being a choice. And, and so it's really a lot of fun to hear how people come to the decision of, no, I want to try something different. I want to go against what society is is telling me is the default relationship structure. And so we just really enjoy getting to learn from from other people. And that's that's half the fun in in dating for us at least. Is there anywhere you particularly hope to go in this poly journey? That's a great question. I we joke both my husband and I and with our polycule um, about having, you know, a hippie poly commune someday, like just buying a big plot of land and, and just living communally. Um, That would be really cool. I don't know. It's, it's hard to put some kind of like end goal on it before the pandemic started. Brennan was accepted into a PhD program abroad and then had to put those plans on hold. And so we were kind of at this place in our lives that, 
even though we had developed really great relationships here, we were just sort of open to possibilities and, and we were just kind of excited to see what was going to come next. And he and I have not spent a lot of time abroad. And, and so we we're like, okay, we're just going to pick this, you know, journey up and move it elsewhere and, and just kind of explore another part of the world for a bit. But you know, the pandemic happened and a lot of people's plans just got put on an indefinite hold. And, and so, you know, if, if you had asked me a year or year and a half ago, you know, my answer would have been a lot different at that time because I hadn't been forced to reconsider how something huge, like, like a global pandemic can, can change those, those plans. So, you know, I think we're just, he and I are both open to, to possibilities at, at this point. We, are really committed to the relationships that we have. We are also just open to whatever the world has in store for us. And I know that that's kind of a, a weird hippie, hippie-like answer, but I, I think this last year and a half has really taught us that you can make all the plans that you want, but sometimes those, those just don't work out. And, and, you know, sometimes for the better, like if, if, we had gone abroad, we wouldn't have this core community that we have right now. And we wouldn't develop the relationships that we have to the extent that we have. And so, um, you know, definitely a huge silver lining for us there is, is that we, we had an idea of what our future was going to look like and, and we still are in a great spot, even though those plans had to drastically shift. So, um, you know, we, we definitely see ourselves being in this lifestyle ongoing. It's, it's something that has become really important to us, but I think we're just at a point where we're both really open to, to what that next step is going to look like. So why do you think you are Polly? Oh, why do I think I'm Polly? <laughs> I'm going to steal what would have been my husband's answer here and just say like, I ha- I'm a person with a lot of love to give. My relationships are, are really important to me. And um, I think as a writer, I've, I've been able to explore a lot about how Polly just informs my, my sense of self and kind of helps shape my own worldview. And so yeah, being poly just enables me to see the world in a totally different way. And I really appreciate the perspective that being open to so many different relationship possibilities has has given me. And it's just, it's allowed me to approach life from a totally different, different place. And so, yeah, I really appreciate that, uh, being Polly has just enabled me to be a totally different person than I was five or, or 10 years ago. And it's really helped encourage a lot of growth, both for myself and within my relationship and, and well, relationships. And, and so, yeah, I think, I think I'm Polly because I enjoy that ongoing challenge of continuing to develop myself and, and continuing to question why I do certain things a certain way or um, why I have a particular set of reactions and really interrogate, like, what does that mean for me? And like, what can I do to be a better person uh, within all of my different relationships? And why did you agree to be interviewed? (laughs) Uh, I agreed to be interviewed because I just, I love talking about my journey I think it's unique in the sense that, again, I've, I've been with 
the same person since I was 16 years old. And kind of how we came to polyamory is a really unique story. And, you know, he and I have been through so much together. We have navigated issues of infidelity and come out the other side to come to a place where, you know, we decided that this was something that we wanted for the, for the both of us. And so, you know, it's just, it's, like I said, a lot of fun getting to talk to people uh, about how we got here and all the things that we've learned. We were actually on a date with a, a couple earlier today. Uh, it was a first date and they had all of these questions for us about, you know, how we got into this, what what the challenges were. They're kind of a brand new couple on the scene. And so um, it just, it's, it's so much fun. We kind of have not an elevator pitch, but, you know, we've told this story lots, lots of times. And so it's just kind of a lot, a lot of fun to, to keep coming back to it and keep getting to share that. And, and so, you know, I really appreciate any opportunity to, to be able to talk about that and, and to talk about, you know, not just the great things about it, but a lot of the, the struggles and challenges that we've had, because, you know, we definitely didn't do this perfectly. And, you know, I, I think, there's a lot that we can all learn from each other by hearing the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and so I just, I really appreciate having opportunities like this to, to talk about it with, with other people and, and getting to yeah, share, share more of my experience in, in the hopes of being able to help somebody else. Because I know that when we first started out, we, we didn't really have anybody to, to turn to. And so, you know, we sort of found resources along the way and, and we found podcasts and, and things like that. So, you know, what, whatever, whatever I can do to kind of help make that, that journey less of a challenge for somebody else, I'll consider that a win. Thanks. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey there. Interested in more Polyamory Uncensored content? You're in luck. We just started a blog, polyamoryuncensored.wordpress.com. We're going to be showcasing stuff like episode breakdowns, polyamory and ethical non-monogamy related book reviews, and guest posts from authors like you. If you'd like to be a guest author, contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com and you might be able to see your work up on our website. Again, that's polyamoryuncensored.wordpress.com and we're going to have some fun new poly-related content for you. Thanks. See you there. Okay, and we are back with Krista. So, Krista, um, the reason why you had like uh, initially contacted me and, and what I thought was a really cool idea for uh, to, a topic to talk about today was that you are starting a poly book club. Tell us about that. And what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, if I can, I'll just sort of backtrack a, a little bit and give you some context um, for this project. So uh, last year during the pandemic with my polycule, um, I started a, uh, blogging platform called poly in place. Um, at, at the time we were all just sort of floundering and, and not really sure, you know, what to do because during the pandemic, we just kind of lost all sense of normalcy. And so, as a group, we had just been curious about how are, how are other poly and non-monogamous people 
handling things right now and and had sort of envisioned this storytelling platform um, to be able to share and document those experiences. Um, so that was something that that we kind of worked on throughout the summer and, and launched last August. And so that was sort of um, kind of this taste that I got for, for poly content creation, met some other really great people online who are also creating different resources and support for, for poly people. And that's, that's how I came across Claire at poly pages. Um, so as I mentioned before, a lot of the relationships that we had during the pandemic sort of um, fractured and, and uh, including some in the polycule. So, so that project that I started poly in place got put on kind of this indefinite hiatus. Um, you know, we were working on it as a group, but then a lot of those relationships transitioned and changed. And, and so that, that was something that um, I found myself working on alone. And so I sort of have put it to the side um, while still really wanting to be involved with the community. I really enjoyed the responses that we were getting from, from that project and having people reach out to, to me and say, Hey, your, your stuff is making me feel less alone. Like I feel seen just in, in reading short blog posts about, you know, random things like, um, like how lonely we were feeling or, you know, just kind of these, these little snippets of what life was like for us in, in that moment. So put that project on hold, uh, had come across Claire at Polly Pages, um, and she had just started doing events through her platform. And um, it was at the beginning of the year, I was uh, watching one of her events that she did on uh, decoupling in, in polyamory. Really liked what, what she was doing with her platform um, and uh, really enjoyed the format of putting together um, a panel of people to, to talk to on a specific topic in polyamory. And so I had reached out to her with an idea and said, hey, I would love to do an event with you. Here is kind of my background. I'm a writer. I really love telling stories. I'm really interested in putting together a panel on polyamory and literature and why we don't see poly stories or non-monogamous stories represented fairly in, in literature. Like when you do, it's often in the form of infidelity or, you know, something that that makes polyamory or non-monogamy look, um, you know, unappealing. And, and so I was really interested in, in digging deeper uh, with, with her for this. And, and so we had started kind of putting together an idea for this event and in planning for, for the event, we had also started discussing this book club. And um, I guess it was something that she had sort of pulled some of her followers about, you know, what are some resources or things that you would like to see come out of my platform? And, and a book club was um, something that was at the top of their list. And so she and I have started um, putting together uh, the world's first organized non-monogamous book club. And so the way that it works is with support from Thorn Tree Press, um, we are going to be reading a book a quarter starting in October. Uh, so we'll be starting with Poly Secure by Jessica Fern, which has been a really popular book in, in poly circles for a while. And so 
we'll be reading the the book together as a group. We'll be developing, you know, discussion questions and journal prompts to kind of help you think through the material and give you a place for um, supported uh, discussion and and exploration. So, you know, people who sign up for the book club not only get a discount on on the books that we're reading through Thorn Tree, um, but we'll also have access to the community and places to um, discuss the things that we're reading, including Q&A with either the authors or, or me and, and Claire over at Polypages. So, so together, we've, we've sort of, you know, taken this idea about polyamory and literature and have expanded it to let's create more spaces for discussion for the literature that does exist, even, you know, if it's more along the self-help kind of lines um, and give people a place to really come together and discuss these important resources that have shaped our community and culture. I work at a feminist sex toy store and we have um, a book club that we occasionally do whenever a staff member is like, hey, I like this book. Let's let's make a book club, you know, whatever. Uh, and because I read a lot of poly books, I've been doing most of the months of the book club and they're all poly books. And I've been really surprised in reaching out with to authors that almost all of them have gotten back to me and said, oh, absolutely. I'll come on your Zoom call for half an hour and do a Q&A. And I'm like, what? Like I got, you know, like Dr. Liz Powell. We got Lee Harrington for uh, one of their books. We got, um, we actually contacted for PolySecure, Jessica Fern, but she, and she was going to be on our Zoom, but then uh, there was like a layover on her flight. And she was like, I can't log in right now. So that was too bad. But yeah, we've gotten a lot of authors come on and I'm, it's so awesome. I'm, I'm so grateful, but I was also always, I'm always surprised and they're always okay with it. And I'm always surprised and it's so great. So yeah, I think it's, it's such a good idea to reach out because yeah, the worst thing they could say is no, but like oftentimes I think they're just like super excited. People are reading their book, you know? So, and you know, we, all, most of our book clubs have been like, I don't know, 10, 12 people. So it's like pretty good amount of people who are like, yeah, I'm buying your book. I want to read it and I want to talk to you about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think it's just indicative of the poly community as a whole, right? Like, I think there is a desire to reach out and, and help each other. And I, I think that extends to the people who have written a lot on the subject as well. But yeah, also just as a writer, I would be super flattered if somebody had like reached out to me and and, and said like, you know, can I connect with you on this thing that you've written? And and would you be willing to talk to somebody about that? So um, yeah, I, I just, I love the, the response and kind of the enthusiasm that we've been getting around the project. And I'm really excited to, you know, get to talk to to people all over the world, you know, Claire's in the UK and I'm here in, in San Francisco and, um, you know, are hoping to, to create really like a global community that is going to come together and, and talk about all of these important texts. It's really cool. Are you mostly doing nonfiction or are there any poly fiction books? So our, our lineup for the first year is just nonfiction. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, we're going to be reading Polysecure first. Um, and then at the beginning of uh, next year, we'll be reading Love's Not Colorblind by Kevin Patterson. Um, and then we'll be reading the Poly Breakup book by Kathy Labriola. And then um, the fourth book that we've got picked out is it's called Polyamory coming out about your non-monogamous relationships. So that's the lineup that, that we have for this next year. Um, we're sort of 
open to whatever might come after that, you know, we're, we're going to see how this first year goes and, sure. and see how much interest there is, but yeah, you know, we would love to discuss some, some fiction titles. It's just, you know, they're, there isn't a lot out there <laughs> on on the subject and and you know i've come across some some books and i would love for for people to reach out and and give their suggestions um i i know that there are some self-published authors, but also a few um, in the more sci-fi realm. Um, I know that N.K. Jemisin's The Fifth Season has been recommended as um, having like a polyamorous relationship. Like it's not the central focus of the story, but, um, you know, there is poly represented there um, and then in a couple other places. But for the most part, I I have found in my own research, it's really hard to come across those those kinds of stories. So, you know, would love for for folks to reach out and let us know the different, um, you know, poly authors that that they love to read and and hopefully find things that I've I've missed in my my own research because yeah, that, that's really hard to find. <laughs> we had a really fun um, discussion about that, I think, in our Facebook group for our local poly community sometime during the pandemic. I don't remember exactly when. And somebody recommended um, an author where I had actually had the book recommended to me for its amazing sword fight scene. <laughs> I'm not particularly a sword fight scene reader, but uh, one of my partners uh, introduced me to this video about the sword fight in The Princess Bride mm-hmm. on YouTube. And the person completely geeked out about what a great sword fight scene it was. And then did this total aside in the middle of their video about the best sword fight scene in a book is in this book. And it's a completely different thing because it unfolds in this completely different way. And that's why it's different in movies and than in books. And I was like, I'm kind of curious because they were so charming. And now I want to go read this book. And the sword fight scene is, is not in the first book in the series. And, it, and then somebody came and recommended this exact series as being a series that had poly relationships. And I was like, I read like nine books in this series and I don't recall anything about <laughs> poly in any of them. And they're like, yeah, actually, the poly doesn't come along until book 11. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm sorry, I've given up because really it's like a military science fiction series, which is not my usual gig. I kind of got into the, the main character. And so I read a lot more of this weird military science fiction than I ever imagined that I would. And then uh, just recently, the 10th book came off of hold on Libby on my library audiobooks. And I was like, okay, fine. They don't even get to the poly part until literally the last chapter of that oh, book. Wow. <laughs> like, like, okay, okay, no. <laughs> but then I actually did listen to the next book after that. And, um, and it turns out that it's like a, it's definitely a poly problem book. Like, Oh no, the original wife who everyone still totally adores has been utterly and completely disabled, but Mm. she and her husband still love each other so much, but they can't have a physical relationship. Oh no. (laughs) And though he is pure and chaste in his love for his wife, he has feelings for the main character of this series and she has feelings for him, but they'll never act on them. 
like, oh, my God, you people. This is not a poly book. This is like a torture book. <laughs> yeah. And and a lot of the recommendations I've come across have been in, in that sci fi genre. And, and that's not my genre that I, I go to. Um, and and so, you know, I think it's it's great for for whoever loves that and, and sees themselves in, in that to to be able to pick that up. Um, it's not my my preferred genre when, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a new book to read. And so I, I have aspirations of, of writing my own book someday. And, and I hope to write a memoir about my experiences, but also maybe a novel or a short story collection that feature polyamorous characters that are just like regular people. And like, you know, maybe the story isn't even about polyamory, but just has poly characters because I think it's just, it's so lacking and it's really unfortunate because, you know, of how many people are engaged at non-monogamy and uh, engaged in non-monogamy at some point in their life. And, and just for that to be something that's totally absent from the literature that we read. And, and when it does come up, it's, it's in the context of cheating and, and it's just, it's not realistic. And, and it's a shame that that's not better represented in, in the stories that, that we're reading. I would love to see books that weren't about polyamory that just happened to have like mm-hmm. a couple of secondary characters who yeah. were poly. Like, I feel like that's when, you know, you've started to hit the mainstream and really probably only just started even when, cause we're still like, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like that one book with the lesbian moms where it's not about that. It's actually about fifth grade girls and their fifth grade girl drama. But one of the girls has two moms, <laughs> but, but I want to be able to do that with poly books. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I feel like there might be a couple like people who are self-published that we know. I know that Kevin Patterson has a series of books about, superheroes called for hire and i think the characters are polyamorous but i'm not positive and it wouldn't surprise me if he made them polyamorous because yes you know like so and he's a writer so i would look into that one and i know it's like a trilogy but i'm not positive because i haven't read it yet Uh, and then uh, one of our former guests cooper beckett has written a ghost hunting series called osgood as gone and uh the character the main character osgood is a queer polyamorous and she has two partners oh, cool i'll have to so. check that out i've read life on the swing set but i haven't mm. read any of cooper's other stuff so yeah he, yeah he writes fiction yeah <laughs> so i feel like those are the only ones that i know and i haven't read them yet but I, I feel like they're both um kind of polyamorous but that's not the main crux of the issues like the issues are superhero life or <laughs> ghosts so, like, <laughs> and maybe that's always what like ends up being the case because it's like well if it's not about the romance then it has to be about some external drama or you know force that's coming into their life and then the relationship aspect can be in the background because otherwise people are going to focus on it right but if you have a ghost yeah. story then you don't have to focus on it <laughs> <laughs> oh i did want to ask um so this i imagine your book club is on zoom and whatnot right like it's it's just online yeah, so um, it's going to be online. You can sign up through the Poly Pages website. Um, we're we're starting in October, so that's when we'll begin reading and and starting to discuss um, Poly Secure. Um, so for folks that that want to sign up now, um, you know they'll get more information as um, it gets closer to to the beginning of of October of you know the format and how exactly um, we're going to you know do everything and and there will be like a um, 
uh, book club members portion of the website where they'll get access to, you know, discussion questions and journal prompts and, and things like that. So yeah, that that information will all be forthcoming, but people can sign up now through through the website. What is the website again? It's uh, polypages.org slash book club. And, and pretty much anyone can join. Like there aren't any. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anyone can join. <laughs> cool, cool. I figured because it was online, right? Like uh, obviously our, our book clubs that we started at the tool shed started in person. And so, you know, we were meeting at the store and that worked well for quite a few months, but then during the pandemic, we were like, okay, we'll move it over to zoom and see if we get anyone show up. And there were like double the amount of people that showed up. So it was really nice. And zoom, I mean, has a not on, it's not unlimited how many people can be in it. And I think with a book club, it might be a little bit weird to have 80 people, but you know, like a lot of people could join and that's pretty cool. Yeah. And especially because, you know, this is going to be a global book club. Um, People are going to be joining from all over the world. And I think that's one of one of the great things about this pandemic, right, is we've been able to connect with people in this new way over Zoom. Like, I definitely miss a lot of in-person things that that I used to do and going to in-person, you know, book events and, and things like that. But at the same time, like now we have the infrastructure to support these other types of things that that we can do that can connect us with with people in different time zones and and really facilitate you know those those types of things as well. So yeah, anybody can can sign up. You can sign up for um, just the first quarter. So just for um, you know the PolySecure that we're reading, um, you can also sign up for half a year. So that would be PolySecure and Love's Not Colorblind, or you can sign up for the full year. And so you get a discount, um, you know, if you want to sign up for the the full year. But um, if you just want to check it out and join us for polysecure see what it's all about um you know you can you can do that as well very cool did we say what the cost was did you say what the cost was for for, for joining it is ah, shoot i should have had this written down it's um 30 pounds, I think, for for the one book. So, you know, Claire operates everything over out of the UK. Um, so everything is in is in pounds. Um, I don't know exactly what that converts to in, in American dollars, but, um, you know, I don't think it's too much more than that. Are you writing anything at the moment? I am. Yeah, I'm I'm always writing something. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have I have a monthly group of um, people that I workshop my writing with, people that I went to grad school with. I, I got my MFA in creative writing seven years ago now um, and have kept in touch with a lot of the people from my program and still regularly trade work with them. I've, I've written a lot of essays on polyamory and, and, and sort of exploring how to bring all all of those essays together into a bigger kind of book length project. Um, Like I mentioned before, I would love to write a memoir about the experience of becoming Polly and just what it was like to go from a relationship with my high school sweetheart where we were mostly monogamous to then like being full-blown Polly ready to go live on a hippie commune. Um, So, you know, that's, that's kind of the the end goal. Um, But for right now, just sort of writing these uh, one-off pieces uh, about polyamory, and and a couple of them are published online. Um, some of them, you know, I'm still submitting and and sending out. But um, yeah, my main focus in in writing has just been sort of exploring and interrogating this this wild, crazy journey that I've been on for the last few years, which has been a lot of fun. Actually, that brings up a good question that I was thinking about. Uh, do you ever plan on doing maybe like a writer's workshop for people who are writing poly stories? 
Yeah, I would love to. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what um, what my capacity is. You know, like I I love being involved in in the community and starting the Poly in Place community blog was a lot of fun because it's it brought in people who were um, sending sending us story little snippets of the, of their experience and um you know it was it started off as more of a wordpress blog but then we we moved the platform primarily over to instagram and people would like dm us with with responses to to writing prompts that that i would post and it was really cool to just get people to to share a little bit of, about themselves and and i know that that people are curious about writing about their experiences, but may just not have the um, the way in or know where to start. And and so, yeah, I, I come from not just a writing background, but a teaching background as well. I, I taught college level writing for a few years, and I would love to bring those those things all together. Um, it, it just it's I think a matter of of time and and capacity, and and so hopefully once once this book club takes off and gets off the ground and kind of see what the the interest and engagement in that is i would love to expand to you know how to write your your non-monogamy journey and and uh really help people shape and craft that story because that's what i love to do for sure yeah i I was in a writer's workshop here in milwaukee for the first like right when i moved in moved to milwaukee and for probably a good six or seven years until it kind of fell apart and the the owner of the group moved so it it didn't continue after that but it was a lot of fun and I loved it because I went to school for creative writing as well and uh and I I really did love it I liked getting all the feedback back from um you know other writers and and people in the community it was really cool and I do miss it but I don't write enough so I'm like oh man it would be nice to have like a reason are you writing a book like literally i'm writing a nonfiction book it's not yeah it's not the same <laughs> but yes i am yeah i mean it definitely helps to have that accountability aspect too right like i know that even though i primarily write for myself like i'm not really writing for myself like i'm, I'm writing for readers and and so it's it definitely helps when I know like oh I'm meeting with my workshop group in in a couple of weeks I gotta finish that piece so that they they can read it and give me feedback on it like it definitely gives you those like external deadlines and and that good kind of pressure that you need to just sort of you know get it done and and yeah I would love to provide that that support for other people who are interested in, in writing about their poly journey for sure That's cool do you have a favorite poly depiction in literature Oh, that's a good question. Or any positive ones, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Well, one thing, one one book that comes to mind um, when I was working in a bookstore for um, almost a year, I came across this book called Vanishing Twins um, by Leah Dietrich, and so it was. It's a like a lyrical memoir about her, the author's experience opening up her her marriage, um, and so. As as somebody who writes who writes memoir and, and nonfiction, I just like I really appreciated the honesty and vulnerability behind it. Um, you know, as much as I would love to read more about polyamory in, in fiction and and see it in novels, like I really love finding a story um, that is based on real life. And and so um, that one, it's it's definitely more 
um, literary. It's not a straightforward story of, of, you know, this is how I opened my marriage and, and here's what went wrong. But, but it was more of a internal exploration of like, here are all the complicated feelings. And, and um, there was there were all these like underlying threads and braids and, and aspects to the story that just made it so, so fascinating. Um, so that was kind of the first real poly memoir or book that I read. Um, there's also a really great um, graphic memoir by Sophie Lucido Johnson called Many Love. Um, and that one, it's totally different tone. Um, and she is a writer and illustrator. And, and so she created kind of this half, um, you know, graphic memoir, um, with these illustrations that, that talked about her own poly journey. So that, that was something that, you know, as I was just getting started with, opening up my own relationship. I, I kind of liked having these two, two models to work off of, not just to read about their experiences, but also to see, oh, there are lots of different ways that you can tell your story as a poly person. Awesome. I will, I will try to find those and link them uh, in the show notes. Cause I'm always looking for more, you know, poly books as well, but uh, it's, it's yeah. interesting. Cause actually there, there does seem to be a bit of a, a steady stream of them coming in. And because we sell books at our store, every you know month or two i'm like oh a new one oh a new one i'm gonna read this oh great uh or it's like tangentially poly like we just got the book um unfuck your boundaries which is not a poly book <laughs> but it's a hundred percent helpful for poly people so i was like oh i'm gonna get that one that's great <laughs> oh totally yeah and and i'm reading a book right now so um in addition to the book club we are also holding the polyamory it's we we've changed the event name from polyamory and literature to polyamory and publishing. Um, so we're going to be doing that event through Polypages next month on September 25th. Um, and so we put together a panel of, of great folks who are going to come talk about polyamory in the publishing industry, including Eve Rickert, who is oh, cool. you know, the co-author of More Than Two and owner of Thorn Tree Press. Um, we'll also have Mariana Ellery, who's uh, the author of the children's book, A Color Named Love. Um, yeah, I have that which, one. Yeah. yeah, isn't it great? <laughs> it's so cute. So cute. And, and then also we're going to have uh, Rachel Krantz, who is an investigative journalist and has a memoir coming out about her experiences um, in non-monogamy. It's called Open. Um, so that will be coming out in January, but I'm reading an advanced copy right now. And um, I'm really excited to be able to talk to her about that. So I um, wanted to also give a plug for, for that event as well. Um, anybody who joins the book club before then will get access to the event for free um, and folks can sign up through the, the Polypages website. Um, and there will be a recording um, afterwards, which will be available for download after the event. So September 25th for, for that event. And yeah, the um, the memoir by, by Rachel Krantz is is really fascinating. I'm, I'm really excited to get to talk to her about it. She she did a lot of reporting for 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 that book and and did a lot of research. So um, yeah, it's it's going to be a great great panel. Um, I'm excited to get to talk to all three of them about their experiences um, working in in publishing and, and writing about their own experiences. Cool. 
Anything else you would like to plug? I don't think so. I think I think I covered everything. So thank you so much for allowing me to come on here and and tell my story and talk about all the cool things that that I've been up to. Yeah, <laughs> it was a pleasure. Is- thank you for uh, agreeing to be interviewed and for reaching out. And I hope everything goes really well with your writing and with the book club. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. When you're about to publish yours, uh, come back on, let us know. <laughs> we can, we can uh, do another interview about your writing. Yeah. Cause that's really cool. I know I also do a little bit of blogging, uh, but I, every time I sit down to think about like, Ooh, what's a good idea for a poly book? Like I'm a, I always think of the most cliche, stupid love triangle shit. And I'm like, Nope. Not going to put that in the world. Don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Yeah. It's why I struggle to write fiction because I, I feel like I'm not imaginative in that way. I I don't create, you know, plot lines and and stories that are anything out of the ordinary. And so like, you know, I like to stick to what I know. It's easy for me to write about things that have already happened. um, But I would love to to explore with with writing some kind of polyfiction someday. <laughs> That's awesome. All righty. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks again yep, for having thanks me. Thanks a lot. Have a great rest of your evening. Thanks. You too. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye. And that is it from us at Polyamory Uncensored. We have been Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams. We'd like to thank podcast husband Rob for being our sound engineer. And thank you, Lindsay, for editing this podcast so that we sound smart. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Polyamory Uncensored. Contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com if you have a listener question or a comment. And if you'd like to support us at all, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash polyamoryuncensored and simply click on the support this podcast button. If you'd like to support the podcast with a one-time contribution, we've set up a PayPal link to make it super easy. Thank you for your support in any amount at paypal.me slash polyamoryuncensored. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and remember, we love you. Bye.